This is Sammy. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you give five bucks a month, you get access to bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. And I want to give a shout out to some of our latest uh, $5 or up subscribers. They include Janet Y, Rose, Lynn M, Morgan S, Bobby C, Rose F, who is a different Rose, Hayden W, Leslie, Melissa G, Joy L, Carrie V, Carol S, Sean R, El Diablo Robotico. I just I just read what you enter. Joshua F, Sawyer, Secular Home Education, Jackson F, Christina H, Thomas B, Marcus, Christy M, Nicholas M, Blue Heron 55, and Steve P. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. That was a lot. I think that was catching up on a lot of times. We also opened up, I recently, we never really announced it officially. Did you want one? I realized I didn't give you wine. Yes, injected into my veins. Um, I don't remember. I was going to say, who cares? Let's go. Ah, um, Okay. I'm trying to, I think the last time we recorded was almost uh, f- more than a week ago. So I'm catching up on a lot of stories, but this one just uh, yeah, kind of Wednesday, didn't we? Something like that. So this one just happened like in the past couple days and it's people send us stories all the time. Like, Hey, you and Jessica should discuss the following. Right. And I absolutely appreciate that. Totally. Even it if is, I don't respond, I appreciate it. Right. And it is rare that people say you should talk about this because I'm sympathetic to the religious side and now i'm really curious this isn't a oh. religious person done something bad uh-huh. talk about it because i want to feel angry with you sure this was a which is a service we provide <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh no they, something happened to a religious group and they're like i feel bad for them maybe i'm curious what you think about this because surely you are also sympathetic to this uh-huh. and i think part of what drew me to this story is that without getting into details, because I don't like to talk about it on this podcast, uh-huh. I am a coach at a public school right. of a competitive team. And we just went through something similar, albeit I do competitive public speaking. We're talking about a sport. Oh, okay. Different worlds. But okay, I'll talk about what that means in a second. Here's the story. Um, and I, the way I saw it is people started sharing a CNN article that really blew this thing wide open and people began discussing it on social media. Okay. Here's the story. There is... Uh, In Alabama, they have their state basketball championship tournaments Mm -hmm. going on uh, the past couple of weeks, coming up on the next couple of weeks. It's Mm -hmm. a long process because there's a gazillion high schools and a gazillion teams. Sure. And they divvy them up from the smallest group, which is class 1A, and they have their own tournament, to class 7A, which is like the really big public high schools oh, okay. in Alabama. So when you say small, you mean like by population? By population. Okay. In Illinois, for example, we do like football is 1A to 8A. And 8A is the biggest high schools in the state. Those are your, oh. those the best kids at those schools are the ones probably going to like division one colleges and playing professionally My uh, understanding of high school sports is... That's Minimal. that is all you gotta know. But here's here's the thing. Even if you don't follow sports ball, mm-hmm. here's what you want to know. The school in question here is Oakwood Adventist Academy. Mm-hmm. They're in the in Alabama. They are class one A, meaning it's a small school. You don't have a big pool to choose your basketball team from, right. and we don't want you going up against schools with like four thousand yeah. students mm-hmm. and a billion people trying out for the team. You know, it's unfair. So yep. class one A plays against other class one A teams. 
But if you follow like March Madness next mm-hmm. month for the NCAA, oh boy. you know how there's like 64 teams ish yeah. that start the tournament and they just play each other till you get down to the winner. And that's how you get those kind of Cinderella stories. Yes. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now. Oh, fun. Uh, for all the different classes, they're all doing their versions of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And what happened is this team, to put it in terms I'm using, but they don't use, they <laughs> won their round two game and this uh, Oakwood Adventist Academy made it to the Sweet 16. Okay. Big deal. That's yeah. hard to do. Good for this team, right? So in the Class 1A bracket, they made it to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Their next game was scheduled for this past Saturday. Okay. Okay. What happened is their game was scheduled at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, and the other game in their bracket uh-huh. was going to be played at 7.30. Okay. Well... These are Seventh-day Adventist. This is a Seventh-day Adventist affiliated school. They take the Sabbath off. And the Sabbath for them is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. They do not play games in that period of time. So basically this team, the coach of the team, goes to the organization that runs Alabama high school sports Mm -hmm. and says, here's our dilemma. Can we play the 7.30 game instead of the 4.30 game? Because by then it would be sundown and our Sabbath is over. Um, And at first the response they got was no. Then they said, but wait, we talked to the team scheduled to play at 7.30 all, both, they're cool with it. Both teams said they're fine with it, and the team we're playing against said they're fine with switching to 7.30. So, like, we've taken care of that. Yeah. So now can you switch us to the 7.30 game? And they said, yes, of course. And this the is a really reasonable the organization thing to ask. said no. Huh. They did not provide explanation. They just said, in more or less, they said, no, this is the time you are scheduled to play. You're going to do it. <laughs> so what did the school do? What did the Oakwood Adventist Academy do? They said Well, we got to forfeit because our religion comes first Mm -hmm. and our religion says we don't play on the Sabbath. And I'll be, let me be clear here. They did not say, how dare you, Alabama Athletic High School Association, whatever it is. They did not say that. They just said, look, our beliefs come first. We're forfeiting the game. Actually, I looked at the box score for the game. Uh It's 2-0 for the other team for the full basketball game. They just spotted, that's the official way to forfeit. They just spotted the other team two points, game over, no one stepped on the court as far as I could tell. Oh my God. Okay, so when CNN reported this, the school's athletic director was the guy who contacted the Alabama High School Athletic Association. We talked about that. And after we found out they said no, now Governor Kay Ivey, the Republican conservative Christian governor, mm-hmm. has weighed in. She basically wrote a letter to the administrator of the high school association, the athletic group, uh-huh. and said, the hell are you doing? Yeah. And um, I should say, I want to read part of this letter because, you know, part of it is it's a conservative Christian governor. What do you expect? Sure. But she said... And I'm quoting here from her letter, Kay Ivey's letter. As I'm sure you know, few things are more important to Alabamians than their faith. And from my perspective as governor, this is a very good thing. Sincere faith brings Alabamians together. With all this in mind, I hope you'll understand why I was most disturbed to read about Oakwood's alleged treatment at the AHSAA's basketball tournament and why this episode raises some very pressing questions, not only for me, but for public officials and citizens across our state. Mm -hmm. Here are the questions KIV raised. Is the public narrative about Oakwood's treatment accurate? Uh, As far as I can tell, yes, it is. Uh 
If so, how was this treatment allowed to occur? Uh, she also asked, um, which employees at the Athletic Association were yeah. responsible for making this decision? Oh, she wants heads to roll over this. <laughs> she does. She, uh, did the decision to deny Oakwood a religious accommodation violate any policies on your end? Uh-huh. Um, were you, the head of the group, or other officials aware of how the Oakwood's treatment would be perceived by their basketball team members and coaches? Mm. If not, why didn't you take that into consideration? That you're basically, you're breaking these kids' hearts. Yeah. Didn't you think about that? Um were you or other officials aware of how the treatment of the school would be perceived by Alabama taxpayers who subsidize your group, basically? Oh. And finally, how can I we pay as a your state? paycheck? Yeah, which is true. Which it's is a, true. Uh, and but not not always a an amazing argument. I believe <laughs> the way that works is the various public high schools and schools in the state that participate in these activities they mm-hmm. pay a fee to the athletic organization. Uh, which at least in Illinois runs as a nonprofit, like sure. independent group. But all these public schools are paying to be part of the system, which gives them entry into the playoffs and all that stuff. Sure. And finally, the question is, how can we as a state ensure that something like this never happens again? So hmm. if you take away the faith is important and good aspect of that letter, fair questions, I think, yeah. for the most part. Yeah, she wants Do heads you know to roll, but you get a the lot idea. about Seventh-day Adventists. Because I, I don't. Not I, enough I, I was to surprised. pretend like I do on this podcast. Okay, because I, I was surprised to learn that they took Sabbath on Saturday because it's a Christian religion, different, isn't it? Different groups take Sabbaths on slightly different times and days. Yeah, I feel like I've heard like uh, like Judaism Sabbath on Saturday. I know my girlfriend in high school is maybe Turkish and she took Sabbath, but obviously that's not a religion. Anyway, I I was just surprised. Do they have, here's my question. Do they have um, games scheduled on Sundays? Which isn't the same because Mm -hmm. most Christians do not do the Sabbath that, you know, the Sabbath is not as we can't, we can't work. We can't drive a car. We can't. I need to double check that one. Usually um, with the exception of maybe football or something, Mm -hmm. uh, most of these, Athletic groups yeah. in these states for high schoolers. Anyway, they don't do Sundays. High school football is famously on Friday nights. Friday night lights, my dude. But for state tournaments, oh, they do go beyond that sometimes. I, I could be wrong on that, but maybe. Yeah, but anyway, by and large, no, I don't think they do stuff on Sundays. Mm-hmm. The school has said, this is the athletic director, this is in the CNN article, it's great that we have that support for us. It's not just for Oakwood Adventist Academy. It's for any school or academy that has religious values or beliefs. That's why they're bringing this uh, issue up. The team's senior captain, uh, his name is Raynon Andrews, said they have no regrets about the decision. He said, there is a whole Facebook community. There are people all around the world texting parents saying how proud they are of Mm -hmm. us. That means a lot. Okay, cool. Like, again, as a coach myself, I sympathize on that front. Like, it sucks that these high school seniors, especially the seniors, didn't get a chance to prove their worth in the playoffs, as I'm sure they've been thinking about for a really long time. That definitely sucks. Yeah. Okay, so that's where the CNN article ended. Just kind of saying, that's the issue. Uh, The Athletic Association hasn't issued any sort of formal statement explaining their decision. K. Ivy is still wanting heads to roll. Sure. But you know what? So are a lot of people. Uh, I'm they- <laughs> really curious about, like, who called that shot. Like, yeah. was it just 
some 24 year old kid who didn't think that that was an option and like sort of accidentally got himself embroiled into this or was this somebody who was like literally go fuck yourself in your religion I think right. it's probably the former more than the latter but as far as I know I'm, I'm curious. and here's where it gets weird because there is no public statement from anybody saying this is why the decision was made so here's what I'm trying to figure out okay let's assume they're not trying to do some sort of religious discrimination thing here. Uh Let's say everyone's acting in their best faith, but like what is the best faith argument to say, no, even though you took care of everything with the scheduling, we're still going to say no to it. Why would they possibly do that when you would think... There's absolutely no good reason. When you would think, yeah, you could just switch it and everything would be fine, right? Because everyone's on board with this. Okay, four things that I think you should all consider. Four things. Four things you should consider. First of all, the dates of these tournaments, and I, to some extent, the dates of the lower tier playoff games, mm-hmm. not like the semifinals or the finals. Oh, I see. But like all of that stuff is scheduled in advance. We know the dates. And I looked on the Alabama Association's website. They have the schedule out through 2026. Oh, wow. They have to because they got to book venues. They got to make sure arenas are open and available for their competitions. Yeah, absolutely. And so they have like a five-year plan. So like to pretend like this was what? We just won our playoff game and then they foisted this Saturday afternoon game on us. Eh, well, you you knew they were going to play on Saturday. You knew this was a possibility. Uh, right. It so, seems like that should have been maybe something that was addressed before yeah, any of this Yeah, didn't you know this beforehand? Same thing with like Friday night football games. If someone can't play because of religious reasons on Friday nights, mm. well, they're not going to change the games. You know the games are on Friday nights. You know that in advance. Mm-hmm. And you got to accommodate, you know, as much as you can. But it would be insane for the high school association to say all religious accommodations we are going to do. Right. Because you can't. So are you, you doing like a slippery slope argument here? That's one of them, yeah. Okay. One is if you say yes to the Seventh-day Adventists in this situation, even though they took care of the scheduling, mm-hmm. which we'll get to, yeah. but to say, okay, you had a religious reason for trying to switch the time of your game, um, we'll allow it. If you do that, what happens when a wrestler says, I can't play on, you know, I can't do my match on a Saturday. Can I move it later on if it's an individual? What happens if it's another team at another religious school? By the way, the lower classes, the 1A, 2A type of smaller school programs, uh-huh. those tend to be religious schools. And by the way, the teams they were playing in that particular bracket uh-huh. included several Christian schools that didn't do Sabbath the way this school did it. So it's like, at what point do you just say, And I think I understand this from the high school association's perspective. When do you just say, look, we plot out the schedule in advance. We let you all know about it in advance. This is the way it has to be because we're trying to keep it equitable for everybody. We got to get so many ducks in a row here in terms of booking a place, in terms of getting referees, Mm -hmm. in terms of I'll get to more stuff in a second. It's all laid out in advance we're not changing it just because someone has some arbitrary reason for not liking it. And a religious yeah. reason is an arbitrary reason. Um, I did not like the headlines that said, you know, Alabama forced these kids to forfeit their game, which is what the CNN headlines say. They did not force the kids to forfeit. The kids and the school sure. chose to quit for religious reasons. And maybe you think that's a legitimate reason, but no one forced them to do it. They chose to for religious reasons. 
That's reason one. No, we're still in reason we're one. We're still on reason one, which is that we know the schedule in advance. Why are you whining about the schedule when you knew this was a possibility? But do we know that they didn't whine already? Did we know that they didn't say, hey, if, you know, if this shakes out in a certain way, here's like... I have... Bl- I have not read anything that said in advance, listen, Which if, if you can accommodate us. Which if they do that, I think that's a different conversation worth having. But I have to think that, like, Alabama, of all places, would yeah. I, I haven't tread read, lightly around religion. Yeah, I haven't read anything that suggests the school said in advance we're not playing on Saturday afternoons. Maybe what, they just assumed. What's interesting yeah. is, the, what, how did you say it, that, like, you know, this tournament forced kids to forfeit yeah. things, like... I don't know, maybe a better lens to view it through is religion is forcing these kids to miss out on a lot of essential childhood experiences. Yes. So which, by the way, most of the articles did not mention, which is a legit point. Well, I mean, and I never would bring, like, that is not something I would normally bring up as a, like, this is why religion is bad. But, like, in cases like these, it's always, well, the state was rigid or this person was rigid as opposed to, like, oh, in your universe, we all have to bend around you and yeah. your things, which we all do to some extent. You're a vegetarian. You have to make sure they have like food that you can eat where you go. Like we all ask for accommodations where we go right. to some extent, whether it's something relatively small versus and, like ADA shit. But like, and as anyone who needs those type of restrictions can tell you, I am not counting on them to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll make my own path forward if I need to. Right. But you can't do that in this case with these kids. So one is they knew the schedule in advance. Two, actually, is the ripple effects, the slippery slope thing. Where do you you say we're going to allow this religious accommodation, but not the next 50? To me, this does not. I I mean, I guess I can hear, I hear the argument. But to me, this is such a like, hey, it's just switching to, and granted, I don't know what, like, how it works with like the refs and does it matter which ref has the, is we'll it, get to that oh, in yeah. a second. MIT smart for your yes. stupid list. Yes. <laughs> um, by the way, we've seen this in the past. There was a Christian wrestler a couple years ago, high school oh, wrestler yeah. uh, who, who did wouldn't wrestle who, a woman. That's right. The, he was in the state championship for wrestling and it turns out because they don't have a girls wrestling, like a separate division. Um, a couple of girls said, I want to compete against the boys. I think I'm strong enough and I can do it. And there was a Christian a high school student who said, I cannot wrestle a girl because he thinks that's sexual or yeah. something. It's not. Which, like, wrestling's all about your weight class, too. Yeah. So it's not like it's, like, 115-pound girls fighting 200-pound yeah. dudes. Like, exactly. That's not how that works. And in that situation, again, this kid forfeited the match, right. as he should have done. He accepted the consequences of not being able to win because he got out of the bracket. Um, and also, I think that was unfair to the girls who don't get to, even if they won all yeah. the way, you don't get to say I had a clean yeah. victory down the line. But anyway, again, no one forced him to quit. Right. He chose to quit because of his faith. Um, by the way, another school in 2020, entire team of wrestlers forfeited because it was a Christian school that didn't want to compete against girls. Um, huh. I think in 2010 or 2012, there was an Orthodox Jewish school in Texas that withdrew from a basketball tournament for the same reason as this Alabama one. They did not want to play on the Sabbath. Really? And they they tried to buy out. Okay. So anyway, it's not the first time this has happened. But again, the rule down the line has been these people are trying to set a schedule for a gazillion different schools in advance, trying to keep everything fair. They mm-hmm. have a system in place. They're not trying to screw you over but they're trying to schedule things as best they can for you to say, for the school to say, we have a religious reason to change your plans. I get why they would just say, no, we do not change for that reason. Look, like if there was like they can acknowledge that it's really hard to bend an entire school system around one person's belief. Is that what they're sort of kind of saying? Like, 
Who? Just this thing of like, oh, we had to drop out because they expect everybody else to bend around their relief, mm-hmm. their beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not how the world works. And some people call us snowflakes. <laughs> not me. Yes. Because I think that's so, part of. Number three. Third oh, yeah. reason that I think this wasn't going to work is, okay, let's say they said we talked to the other teams, all three teams involved in our time swaps mm-hmm. here. They all gave us the green light to say we could switch our games. Think about what has to change, though. This is not just about four teams switching time slots and everyone's saying we're cool with it. Mm-hmm. You have to consider who's refereeing the game. Is mm-hmm. it the same refs doing both of these games? Mm-hmm. Actually, they did the girls and the boys games for mm-hmm. Class 1A at the same arena, just uh, one after the other. So sure. four games in a row, girl, boy, girl, boy, something like that. Um, but I don't know how the referee situation worked. Sure. But like, you can't just say, oh, the referees that were going to judge game one, now you're doing game three or something like that because sometimes these referees have ties to mm-hmm. one school or another. They can't necessarily just swap out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that was affected. Mm-hmm. Another thing to consider, what about um, the cheerleaders who had to go to the game or the band members who go to these games. Cause it's not just the basketball players mm-hmm. who would have to change a time slot. You're talking about a whole like host of people who not are not on the court, but they're supporting the team who would also need to be adjusted. So along you're just the saying way. it's inconveniencing more people than yes. just the bus drivers, yeah. uh, band directors. There's so many other people who would be affected by a time swap, which makes it a lot harder to say, oh, okay, all the basketball players were cool with it. Go mm-hmm. ahead. You can't do that because there's a more people who are affected by your decision. Yeah, the, what about people coming from out of town to watch exactly your basketball game? Like, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like grandma uh, wanted to see the seven thirty game. Oh, you played at four thirty. Right. Uh, again, I don't know if that's the case, but that's worth considering, and I don't think mm-hmm. people are considering that. And here's the kicker that I did not see anywhere, but when I did a little digging myself, this is what I found. Um, if you look at the Alabama High School Athletic Association's like paperwork for okay. this type of tournament, okay. one thing they said, this is in the schedule they printed in advance before they know which teams are playing. Mm-hmm. They said like Saturday, February 19th, you're either playing the 430 game or the 730 game for the four teams that are involved. Here's the bracket. And it says like winner of this game plays at the 430 match. Winner of the next. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. There's a little asterisk at the bottom and it says this. The four teams uh, will be determined... After the round of 32, um, basically, we're going to determine who's playing who and at what time to allow boys and girls teams from the same school to be scheduled consecutively. That's the thing that no one mentioned that I think is worth highlighting, because what they're saying is there's going to be two boys basketball games going on Uh on Saturday. Uh There's also two girls basketball games. And what they're saying is, If the same school has a girls and boys team good enough to get to the Sweet 16, Mm -hmm. we're going to schedule you one after another. Why? Because if you have students from the school who want to come and support your team, we want them to support the the boys team and the girls team. Mm -hmm. Easiest way to allow that to happen is you watch the first game, Mm -hmm. then stick around for the second game Mm because we'll get the boys, then the girls. And they're trying to schedule it accordingly. If you look at the brackets, guess what? It turns out one school in this group of four for the boys and the group of four for the girls, Decatur Heritage Christian Academy, their basketball team made it to the Sweet 16. 
in both brackets, the boys <laughs> and the girls, which means you want to schedule them one after the other. So the girls were scheduled to play at 6 o'clock, and the boys were scheduled to play at 7.30. Again, I know you could just say, well, just they could still go at 4.30, yeah. but again, I'm saying there's a reason you can't just flop because now you're asking the association, hey, just ignore the rules you already put in place to make life easier mm-hmm. for a million different people trying to watch the game. Um, so they scheduled this stuff for a reason. It's not as simple as, eh, just move the time period. You right. can't just do that. Huh. Okay, so that's my little soapbox on wow. the why you can't just change the schedule for a kid or two I s- outside of an emergency. I mean, I agree with you that, like, maybe asking at the last second to change sucks, but, like, I feel like... There should have been so, and maybe there was, and I don't know about. Yeah. Like I obviously only know what you've told me and what I've seen a little bit, but like, do you sh- need to hear anything else? But, but I mean, like, how dare this you? feels like a thing that could have been avoided with. It, it, to me, this is just like people are really bad at putting things together because it's really hard, and like little things to change are actually much harder. But like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't they say? Why wouldn't they say it? Like. No, why isn't that a school policy? Hey, tournament that we're about to play in, just so you know, we cannot play from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. So, like, please so plan what? No, a finish, finish that thought, because this is where I think I disagree with you. Because even if they let people know that in advance, I think for the athletic association, if you open that door to saying, yeah. here's when our school cannot play and you need to schedule your five-year plan around our schedule if we make it to the playoffs, um, which I don't know how you do that when there are, I mean, what is this, like 64 or 32 teams in yeah. every class for boys and girls. That's so many people involved that the easiest thing to do is here's the schedule for everybody. Right. Depending on how you do in your season, this is where you land on the bracket. Then you play from there and we scheduled in it in advance and everyone can plan their schedule for next year around it. That's the easiest, most efficient way to make this thing work. And for one school to say, yeah, but we can't do the following times. Then you don't get to play the tournament. That's how this works. But don't you think it should be like, let's get these children playing more than anything else. Like, I think that's the thing that sort of gets lost is like, I don't, I don't want these kids to miss experiences because of their religion. And while I think that their religion is not real, I don't want that. I don't want them to then lose out on on any more experiences than they already do. You know, God knows. And I, again, I sympathize with the kids. I coach kids. I would yeah. be devastated if someone said, Oh, this is scheduled at this time. I can't do it. That yeah. would suck. But I also know as a coach, well before we start our postseason, right. we have that conversation with every kid. Here are the obligations of when competition sure. is going to take sure. place. If you want me to go forward in coaching you, mm-hmm. you got to commit to me that you're going to be available on these dates. There are kids who said, I wanted to do this after like this show, this play at school. That yeah. means a lot. Oh, when's the show? Oh, it conflicts with our thing. No. You, you pick one or the other, yeah. but like, I need you to make a full commitment to me because I'm putting in the time here. I need you to make sure you're available. But also I have kids, that conversation. Like kids Minor are kids stupid. Too. They kids knew what they were getting into. into. Oh, I don't know. I just want kids so like, to do I more. do, I, I do what, feel sympathy for basketball? the kids. Yeah. I do feel sympathy yeah. that they can't play their game. Sorry. I know that sucks. I do feel bad for the kids. 
everyone at that school chose this system. They chose to forfeit. You can feel bad for them. Mm. I do feel bad for them. But also, it's there's no bad guy here because sure. they're if you're complaining it's at the athletic circumstance, it's a shitty circumstance. The athletic association did not create the problem. That I think is where I come down on this. Yeah, they set up the system in advance. There are plenty of opportunities at all of these things for coaches to say, "Hey, why don't we, when you do your next scheduling, plan it so no games are played at this know. time?" Dude, I guess I'm just saying that, like in a state like Alabama that falls all over itself to like for religious accommodation, for religious and- accommodations, this is the place that this is happening, and it's not even like Judaism or like you know a Muslim kid. It's Literally Christianity. Like, I don't know what to say. Have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? Uh, a long time ago. Because I just feel like this is the, I don't roll on the Sabbath conversation, but like a half hour and about kids. Does that mean anything to you? John Goodman. Nothing. He's a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. Converted Jew. They're rolling, they're bowling in a tournament. They get scheduled on Saturday. He doesn't roll on, he doesn't roll on the fucking Sabbath. Am I the only <laughs> one who gives a fuck about the rules around here? That was about a fault. <laughs> I just rewatched that, and it's a very good movie, <laughs> and stupid, and great. We should watch that together. I think you'd like it. We'll see. I think you would enjoy it. Anyway, I think it's fight like me on the basketball thing, everyone. I can, yeah, I'm, I just As someone who competes on know. Saturdays, and is finally done with the season, like, we deal with that all the time. Everyone knows in advance. If you can't do it on the days it's scheduled, I, I, the only yeah. exception, by the way, to the schedule that I've seen for the thing I coach is if there was like a winter storm that put everyone in danger, they've given us leeway to change the schedule around to accommodate that thing that affects everybody. But if one kid can't make it, sorry, kid, we're going to give your spot to the next kid in line. Yeah, That's kind of the rule. I don't see how this, I'm not fighting with you here. I don't see how this situation is any different, which is they laid out the schedule. If the kids can't compete, too, too bad. Yeah. By the way, the team, so they forfeited that game. Mm-hmm. The other team made it to the, uh, what is that, round of eight then? Or uh, something like that. They lost their Great next eight. game. So I think that Decatur Super team eight? won. Something like Elite Eight. Elite but, Eight. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know what happens here. I'm very curious if the Athletic Association responds to Kay Ivy. I'm, I'm curious... I said why, super eight, like the hotel. <laughs> I'm curious why they haven't released any sort of formal statement yeah. about their decision making, which seemed like just because this happened I on mean, Saturday and it's Thursday now. I do think there are transparencies somewhat. But yeah, I mean, like, I agree. This is another one of those things. And holy shit, back to the big Lebowski. You're not wrong, him. You're just an <laughs> asshole. Like, it's not even uh-huh. you're an asshole. It's just like a shitty situation that like I I respect that you can hold your objectivity better than me. <laughs> uh, let's talk about a true shitty situation. Um, Ravi Zacharias, remember him? Christian predator, Christian apologist. Oh, he's dead, right? He's dead. Okay, that I feel like yes. lead with their living status. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'll do that with everybody from now on. Ravi Zacharias, Daddy's who's dead. here, alive. <laughs> Um, He was a Christian apologist. Uh If you, I'll I'll run through as quickly as I can kind of his history here. Yeah. He's a guy who was known for a long time for being the guy who would give lectures at churches, at college campuses, trying to convince you why Christianity is true, why Mm. you should accept Jesus. Was was, he an apologist? What makes somebody technically an apologist? Uh, They call themselves an apologist. Oh, okay. 
Um, they speak with a certain cadence too, and they make really bad TikToks. Yeah. Um, so this is what the guy was known for, and the fact that he was brown and doing this—I mean, he's a name that people I threw in my face brown. a lot. Threw like in your face. Like, have you listened to Ravi Zacharias? I think you might what? appreciate the him. The same right. way, if anybody finds out I'm a podcast, they're like, "Have you heard of Joe Rogan?" And I'm like, "I will literally murder you in this dog park." I swear to fucking god, I won't even think about it. If you did, we'd get that Spotify deal. <laughs> Um, yeah, they've, they're just sitting on that $100 million. 200, 200. Fuck off. Nope, 200 Anyway, so Ravi Zacharias was known for that. And yeah. then at the very, toward the end of his life, we, oh, by the way, he was so famous a Christian apologist that when he died in uh, May of 2020, mm-hmm. Mike Pence, then the vice president, Mike Pence spoke at his funeral. Ew. That is a big deal. So like what happened so two is. Two terrible people mm-hmm. in the same place. Uh-huh. Only one of them is dead. That is correct. Um, so in that time period, mm-hmm. we found out that Ravi Zacharias also had a side hustle where he ran like spas in, I think, Georgia or something. I forgot right. about this. And it turned out a couple of the workers at those spas went public with the fact that uh, I believe one said he, quote, he had been, quote, sexually out of control with the female therapists Jesus. over whom he had professional power. Fuck, man. And at first, I think that came from a YouTuber, uh, Steve Bauman, and then Christianity Today basically dug into it themselves. And Daniel uh, Silliman at Christianity Today got these women on record saying a lot of the same things, kind of broke this story wide open. So three women got on the record and said Zacharias touched them inappropriately, Mm -hmm. I'm quoting here, exposed himself, masturbated during regular treatments over a period of five years. One woman said he masturbated in front of her over 50 times and (gasps) propositioned her for sex. That is in addition to a separate story that he had allegedly, like, started sexting, flirting with this woman he met at one of his lectures who was drawn to him for spiritual reasons Mm. that he then took advantage of. Never physically, but it was kind of like an emotional uh, thing happening there. So that was the second story. Uh, he denied those rumors. Uh, she later uh, extorted him for cash, he said. Girl. He said, she's trying to sue me, saying Make that I paper, did this girl. thing. And he denied it. And eventually their case was settled out of court. Yeah. But the, one of the things that happened with that settlement is both sides had to sign a, sign a non-disclosure agreement. So she couldn't talk about the experience and he was like, oh, can't ask me about that. Signed an NDAs NDA. are so insidious. And then he kept preaching. Um, God, this is it. not as important, but there was another thing that we found out near the end of his life when he was still living. He lied <laughs> about his credentials left and right. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. Called himself Dr. Doctor. Zacharias. Mm-hmm. He was, and he was just Ravi, the guy who didn't earn a doctorate. Um, How do you get an honorary doctorate? Do uh, you think Ball State will give me one? No. Uh, but in his case, because he was a famous apologist, a bunch of Christian, like unaccredited Christian schools were like, Hashtag here, get Jess have, a doctor at BSU. Have an chirp, honorary chirp. doctorate that you didn't earn. And then he started calling himself doctor like oh, he earned it. Listen, anyway. obviously this is a bad guy, but the fucking second Ball State grants me my honorary doctorate, I'm going to be going by Jessica, Dr. Jessica Blumke Grave for the rest of my life and will only respond as such. Nice. Okay. Nice. Just everybody get ready. Just get ready to so, get used to saying it now. Here's the next bombshell to drop. Christianity oh Today publishes this expose on all the sexual abuse going on in this guy's uh, okay. thing. This is after he's dead, by the way. Yeah. But his ministry, the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, that's still going. 
Like they're still doing the lectures with other people. They're still selling material with his name and face stamped on it. Um, but after the report comes out, face stamped on uh, RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, they hired a law firm to do an independent investigation of all these claims. Okay. And the final report basically said, yeah, all of that is, <laughs> <laughs> all of that is totally true. And it actually got worse. The reports, because now we can get into his spending and hit the credit card receipts and, and is all that, that stuff. Is that just because he's dead or because he was a public figure? Uh, say that again. Is Can we get into his shit just because he's dead or because he was a public figure? Or because he Neither. was like his because public... Because the ministry was saying, why don't you audit everything that's gone on in the ministry? Oh, and you oh, find oh. out what happened. Oh, thank you. Okay, sorry. And they found out there were five additional victims... Um, alleged sexual abuse in foreign countries where Zacharias traveled and lived. Over 200 sexually explicit photos of women, adult women, on his phone, which is not illegal, but also you're a Christian apologist. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Uh, And you're married. What's going on? Again, I say this all the time. Saying something is technically legal isn't a very good (laughs) justification. Here's where it gets even worse. There was proof that he used tens of thousands of dollars from the ministry Uh to fund the lifestyles, for lack of a better word, of four different massage therapists who traveled sometimes with him. Oh, he was keeping women. Uh-huh. And one of them said he required sex from her in exchange, which sure. is another word. Um, well, there was plenty of evidence of spiritual abuse where he said if you ever listen, tell anyone... sex work was in the Bible, so huh. maybe we should all chill. <laughs> he, there was evidence of spiritual abuse basically saying, don't tell people about what's going on because, you know, God's watching you, that sort of bullshit. And basically, the ministry said at the time, we regret that we allowed our misplaced trust in Ravi to result in him having less oversight and accountability than would have been wise and loving. Charismatic leaders will fuck your shit up, man. Man, all of this after the guy is dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I wonder what happened if he had... How did he die again? Um, just, I forgot. Nothing, nothing unusual. Okay. Um, Not suspicious circumstances? No suspicious stuff. But, okay, so all of this happened. Um... And this created a whole series of scandals. Like you have, like who's running Ravi Zacharias Ministries? It's a lot of his family members. Like mm-hmm. his kids are running it. People mm-hmm. with his last name are running the place. Sure. So like they're kind of biased here. You can't count on them to say, yeah, our dad was a sex predator. But also they let him get away without oversight. They sure. were looking over his shoulder to see where the money was going. Um, but basically after, there were people who quit People who worked on staff who said, dude, what the hell? I didn't know any of this was happening. I'm yes. out. Um, a lot of them have spoken out publicly. The woman who did that NDA, she spoke out despite the NDA. Good for Good her. Good for her. Um, and what? basically, all of these scandals have like created a whole mess, as you can imagine, for the ministry, which, like, what the hell do we do with this thing sure. now, right? So they hired another independent group called guidepost solutions that kind of helps companies deal with like sexual crises like how do you move oh, there's forward a whole from cottage there? industry yes. around protecting sex offenders and they Meet. said we're hiring you because how the we want you to investigate how did all this happen and like how do we prevent it going forward what should we do going forward mm-hmm. what happened is this week uh that report got leaked. I don't Uh think it was scheduled to go public yet, but it got leaked to Christianity Today, who read it and posted about it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the ministry's like, oh, haha, here it is, public. Like, they made it public like the next day. We weren't hiding it. Yeah. But, oh my god, this is like an 80-page document or something. 
And now it gets even crazier when you read that document because they're basically saying this is not about him anymore. We know what he did, okay. more or less. We are talking about what the hell did everyone working with him do? Oh. Right? That's what this report is about. You mean the still living people who can go to jail? <laughs> well, no one's going to jail. This is an ethical question. Ethics not, jail? Not a criminal Where I question. I just shake my finger at you but sternly and make you feel slightly bad about <laughs> this yourself? Is, this is what Christianity Today said. <laughs> the report concludes that RZIM's reputation was severely damaged not only by Zacharias's moral failures, mm-hmm. but also by catastrophic lapses of ministry oversight and leadership. RZIM heavily and unjustifiably relied on Zacharias's representations, many of which were discernibly dubious, the report says. <laughs> discernibly yeah. dubious is excellent. Yeah. The, their veneration, bordering on devotion for Zacharias and his family, contributed to a culture that discouraged honest and open discussion about Zacharias's conduct and valued loyalty to Zacharias above almost all else. Who released that? This is uh, Guidepost Solutions. Um, I don't think it's a Christian group. I could be wrong. I really like that. Independent (laughs) group that was given free reign to investigate. Um, But here's the thing that really, like, jaw-dropping, oh, my God. Okay. So that woman, uh, I don't need to say her name because it's the NDA signed woman. Uh, She had sued saying he's, like, manipulating me. I forgot the specific nature of her lawsuit, but she wanted $5 million from the ministry. That's when Ravi Zacharias said, this woman's trying to extort me, and we're going to fight back because how dare you sully my good reputation. And next thing you know, it's settled out of court for an undisclosed sum. Everyone signs the NDA, and they move on. Here's what we know now. Uh, Actually, he had to pay, I don't know if this was news or not, but it was a $250,000 settlement. Like the woman received that money and okay, everything kind of went away. Significantly less than $5 million. But here's what we learned about the ministry. They then, lo- oh, the ministry said, we're not using any of the ministry's funds to pay for this lawsuit. This is on him. It doesn't involve us because so she's going comes after from him. his estate? Yeah, basically. Okay. That's what they implied. Like if you're donating to us, we're not paying oh, for I the see. lawsuit. Um, actually, after that settlement, they then gave Ravi Zacharias a loan for $260,000 and basically saying, like, here, have some money. You could pay it back to us in time, you know, but you need a little right now, which, by the way, covers the settlement amount. Oh, oh wait, yeah, it gets you don't worse. say, him Wait, it. it gets worse. Then... They just, you know, months later, they just gave him a $400,000 bonus check. Oh, not a loan. Which, by the way, covers $260,000 to pay back the loan that they gave him and the taxes on that sort of thing. Fucking kill me now. And wait, they also, the ministry, paid $560,000 to the law firm defending him. You know, have you heard stories like Donald Trump's being sued and the Republican National Committee, like, is paying for the lawyers to defend Trump? And it's like, but this isn't about the party. This is like going after him for wrongdoing. Why is the Republican Party oh, you mean they paying the for plot the plot a little bit, Hammond? <laughs> Why are they paying for his thing? And the whole thing is like, if you're a donor to the Republican Party, you're throwing your money away at Trump's lawyers at this point. Right. That's what's going on here. Everyone donating to the ministry They basically, I think the headline for Christianity Today is, they spent a million dollars almost fighting this woman who accused him of sexual abuse and turned out to be right. The ministry used nearly a million dollars of donor funds to do that, all while telling the public no ministry funds were used for any of it. This is 
like when companies are like, we donated $500,000 to charity and then spend $10 million on the marketing <laughs> campaign around right, it. Right. Does that sound yes. like the same thing? Yes. Because it makes you want to fucking jump mm-hmm. off a bridge. It's so Could have just sent a tweet me. and sent more money. Oh, um, fuck me. This is also in the report. The payments, however, were not processed with other invoices, as you would expect for this sort of payment. Here's what the report said. The law firm did not send bills to Ravi Zacharias International Ministries Financial office it sent them instead to one board member <laughs> who would personally contact this chief financial officer who then instructed finance personnel to pay the bills without reading them according to the report it's just shady financial shenanigans honestly i am thinking about place. when i used to work at a nonprofit and i was in the marketing department and just like every fucking penny had to be accounted for i would have to like submit things like, oh, we had to pay a $45 printing overcharge and I have to have like 14 fucking people <laughs> sign off on that. For- yeah, that, that like, red tape is annoying, but also that's how you manage the there's oversight. There's a reason there is red tape and yeah, and it's the worst, the- but... Argument for so me. the Ugh. argument from so many Christian ministries and even the people who make shitty like God's Not Dead type movies is if we're saying this is a Christian ministry or a Christian movie, mm-hmm. it ought to be better yeah. than the secular version. And, and of course, the joke is it never is. is. But here's a perfect example of well, they got away without oversight because no one's looking after them, and look sure. at what they did. Um, I should say the ministry said. In responding, they they kind of put out a William Barr, like, one-page summary of the letter before the link (laughs) to the actual letter. Like the abstract? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And they said, we do not agree with everything in it. We believe there are inaccurate accounts or pieces of information that were either overlooked or omitted by guidepost, and we disagree with some characterizations therein. They did not bother explaining no. what they disagreed well, it's with. It's hard to be specific about things yeah. like that, isn't it? Um, I should say the guidepost made nearly two dozen recommendations to the ministry. Like, here's how you move forward from here. There are calls to, like, one of them was, get rid of the friggin' family. They should not be running this organization. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was your first <laughs> get, mistake. <laughs> get people who actually care about nonprofit management and of ministry course. management. They could do this. There's uh, <laughs> so many people who do that professionally. This yes. is not, it's not a difficult specialty to find. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, just appointed like three uh, anti gay ministers get to the run fuck out of stupid my life. things. It's like, really? Why In them? New York City? Yeah. And his justification is, Listen, even Obama was against marriage not that long ago. Oh, go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> and his argument Jesus is, Christ. we can't keep holding this stuff against him. It's like, you mean to tell me you could not in New York City find three people who are more qualified for this job than the bigots you ended up finding? And I that's just, that's I'm the vibe I got so with this. Fucking it's like, <laughs> tired of this. I'm so tired of people being like, I. I did an exhaustive search. <laughs> I interviewed hundreds of candidates, and my nephew and Ivanka was Trump ju- will be my next vice president. <laughs> like yeah. my nephew was just the best person yeah. for the job. Yes. He just graduated from Wesleyan. Like it's just, it's so exhausting and. The one solution I was looking for in the report that they did not include is just shut the whole thing down. Oh yeah, like just, just break it up into pieces, give it away, whatever that they didn't have in there. But the rest of the solutions were like, yeah, just basically be like a good secular organization (laughs) is the answer. Isn't it endlessly, and this is preaching to the choir, so to speak, but like the endless frustration of like religious companies or whatever being like, 
know, it's fine because Jesus, like, don't don't look at our books. You don't yeah. look at our books. I mean, we spent all of our money on holy water and orphans. Like, <laughs> do not worry about it. It's fine. And this, I think, is the moral of the story. Like, Zacharias got away with all of his sexual predation, and the ministry got away with financial shenanigans. Why? Because mm-hmm. all of them just kept tossing around the word Jesus to the point where donors never bothered to care. Well, and also when you have enough money, you're you don't have to answer to as much because if uh, it here's here, here's the <sighs> real kicker, people? they were so busy doing all this stuff while at the same time trying to convince atheists to become good Christians like them that they never considered that like they were the monsters. Zacharias was way worse a human being than the non-Christians he was trying to save this I whole time. I love that we're like the scary atheist po- like podcast, but we're both like happily married in the suburbs <laughs> with our kids and our dog and everyone's like, atheists are the bad one. And we're like just reporting on Christians who sexually assault people and they're like, oh, atheists. And we're like, yeah, I know. I watch all of Will and Grace. I'm a mess. <laughs> Someone tweeted this week like... Ugh. I keep tweeting these fundamentalist Christian pastors saying the worst things. You've been up to that lately, and I'm I, here for it. I have very little to do in my life. But someone's Don't you have like, two small children? Eh, no. Okay. So they basically said, How would you like it if I did this with atheists? <laughs> we like, do this with atheists. <laughs> this is yeah. our job. I think I responded, like, Okay, please do it, and then do it every day, and then do it every day for like 15 years, and yeah. then let's have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and find any atheist who says something shitty that Hemant or I <laughs> right. would be like, literally, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> like, just because no we're both one, a- like, no one hates Richard Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> As much as other atheists have a problem with Richard Dawkins. Hey, it's a mess, isn't it? Have we only done two stories done so far? Two. Don't worry, I got like half more oh, okay. somewhere on the list. That I did not mean think anything they would take. half more. I know. Um, no, I here's maybe a happy story, maybe question mark. Okay. You made an expression with your face, which uh, makes me think I'm, it's not I'm gonna not be sure. happy. Okay. There's a thing called the general social survey. It's a huge ass survey, it takes place every two two years. And it's like the basis for a lot of sociological research, analysis, data. I've never heard of this. I promise it's a big deal if you're like steeped in sociology. It just seems like something I would have, you would have brought to the table before. Maybe you didn't, I remember. I'm making it up. I don't (laughs) know what it is. But okay, they ask a gazillion questions to a gazillion people. So you end up getting a lot of data points for a lot of different things that most popular surveys don't usually pinpoint. Uh And so one of the questions that they have been asking for a long time is how, uh, I'm paraphrasing, how certain are you that God exists? And you could say, like, I am 100% sure that God exists. And in fact, in 1993, 65% of American adults, 1993, 65% of American adults said, not only do I believe in God, Uh I know 100% for a fact that God exists. I just realized 1993 is almost 30 years ago, I'm, and I want to kill. I know. I was. I was gonna get there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm eight. So <laughs> I know. 20 years ago. Oh no, my friend. 30, 30 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. 1980 <laughs> was still 20 years ago in my brain. <laughs> I know. So, um, so again, 65% said I'm 100% sure God exists. Uh-huh. How many people just believe God exists to a pretty high level? I mean, it's like in the 80s, 90s, uh-huh. or something. But like 65%, I'm sure of it. Sure. Here's why this is a story. Now, that number has been going down steadily, Mm. the certainty number. And this week, 
Um, a guy named uh, Christopher Ingram, who's a data journalist, who has a website called the Y Axis, W-H-Y, clever. Oh, um, love he that. He posted something that said, I was looking at this data, and it, we have the numbers for 2021. And for the first time, that certainty of God number dipped below 50%. And it's like 59.6%, right? Uh, like 49.6%. It's, like 49.6%. just dipped below. First of all, did mm-hmm. you hear me remember that number except for the wrong? Very nice. <laughs> very nice. Um, but basically, that means that few, like more than half of all American adults have at least a some doubt, doubt yeah. about God's existence. Can you? Do you have the, all the numbers in front of you? Uh, every one of them, no. I will provide a link if you want to dig in through the numbers. I, I'm just curious um, how the, I kind of believe, in, or I'm pretty sure God oh. exists, how that, has that grown? I need to look that up separately. Okay. But just for the certainty Maybe number. Maybe just do some research before you come on this podcast. <laughs> because I can't do all I've been lifting. 1993 was 65%. Even in 2008, the number was still over 60%. I mean, we've seen a big oh. drop. In, Just re- in, the last... in the past decade or so. And again, that Jesus. sounds like it might be good news. Like uh, everyone has a little majority, oh have God, a I little bit of doubt. It was five years ago. Dude, oh no. Dude. Oh no. But okay, couple, <laughs> oh, no. couple caveats with this here now. Um, first of all, that means half of all Americans are not just wrong. They're so sure of their wrongness. Well, so that's one thing. Yeah, that's still scary. That's not my favorite. Less scary angle. than before, uh, but also. Yeah. That's freaky. But also think about this. If 65% of people 30 years ago said, I am dead set that God exists and I know it for a fact, mm-hmm. and now that number's below 50%, we're talking tens of millions of people, sure. I, I would think, who once would have said, I'm sure God exists, who now have a little doubt. They moved. I know we're not or, talking about the same people. Or I they mean, people died get older, yes. And other people but not all of aged them. into like, it. I don't think it's just the age difference here. Some of those people, however many it is, like. Oh, man. I feel like it's who a used lot to about be certain, the age thing. People who used to be certain, I think some of them have doubts. So I'm saying there's a, you could put these seeds of doubt in people. Sure. And the question is how you do it, how you do it effectively, yeah. who can do it. I, I think there's an argument to be made that the more people talk about it, whether you're listening to a podcast, YouTube, whatever it is, reading a book, that stuff does have an effect. And sometimes it's not obvious at first. Sometimes those seeds Mm -hmm. take forever to kind of sprout. But as any activist who's done this for any length of time could tell you, I've said this to so many people. It's like, how do I start a YouTube channel or a podcast? Just friggin' do it. Just do the thing. And I promise if you just put it out there, you will hear from someone mm-hmm. who you don't know who's like, I came across your thing and it got me thinking about this stuff mm-hmm. and maybe it changed my mind at some point. I Hands and, down, every single person. And maybe it won't, but like I am pro like create your thing no matter what. Oh, yeah, who cares if nobody will say um, uh, no, you Another aspect that. to think about. Um, these people we're talking about are 100% sure God exists. Yeah. This does not happen on the other side of the fence here. Like Richard Dawkins, okay, in The God Delusion, had his spectrum where he said, uh, let's just put people at a one to a seven. One means you're 100% sure God exists. Seven means you're 100% sure God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in the book that he would put himself at a six. And I think in subsequent interviews, he said, like, I don't think God exists. I thought one is God doesn't exist. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. One is God absolutely exists. Seven is God does not exist. He said, well, I can't prove it for a fact. 
but I'm pretty confident God doesn't exist. And I live my life in a way so that God doesn't exist. So he said, I'm a six. I think in interviews, he's like, I'm at a 6.9 probably to be more accurate. But he's like, I'm up there. But even he's like, I'm not going to a seven because that's insane. You can't prove that. And that's the thing. But all these people we're talking about here are like, I'm a one. Not a 1.1, not a 2. They're like, nope, I'm a 1. That certainty is so insane. I think there is a, and I didn't grow up in a religion, but I feel like there is a a sort of cultural thing about if you are ever uncertain about something, that's on you. Like, I I truly (laughs) think that's what what they say and why you get results like this of like, hey, there's no room in your life for doubt. We can't doubt anymore because we have to do, it's just a very, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, If you do look at younger people, specifically 18 to 34, Uh not all adults, but 18 to 34, the percentage of people Um, who are certain of God's existence, um, that is below 40%. So you're right. It does dip. Listen, Gen Z, everybody's gender non-binary atheist socialists, (laughs) and I'm here for it, and I can't wait till they take over. Um, And I also, this is a question I have in the long term. I think... If you ask, like, well, why did this shift happen? Why do people have these doubts? I think atheists speaking out about it in Mm -hmm. some capacity, that helps. The books help. Podcasts help. I would also argue 1993 to now, we see the internet, Internet. we see Google. Mm -hmm. Like, people can question God's existence. Or just media that has atheists as... A matter of course. Yes, where they're not the monsters all the time. Right. The same uh, way we see like gay people in media now who yes. it's not like, I'm the gay character. They're, they're <laughs> not stereotypes right. all the time. Right. Um, people can ask questions without feeling like they're being judged for can, asking them. You can ask questions anonymously. Yes. Which um, is usually bad, but can be good. <laughs> And another thing I would argue is George W. Bush was not just a con- ah. like he was president as a conservative Christian. That was kind of his thing. And but he's was- also surrounding himself in government with other conservative Christians. And just a famously terrible president. Yeah. And if you say like, OK, he equated his Christian faith with these bad policy decisions. Maybe there's something wrong with the faith, too. I, I think that. You have to put those two things together. And it's like, well, I'm 100% sure my religion is true and it makes you a better person. Oh, wait. And I I kind of wonder in the long term what's going to happen to Trump, where it's like, well, he was far worse on every measure here. And he went even further than Bush ever did in terms of surrounding himself with Christian nationalists. And I kind of wonder, well, what's that going to do to the religion in the future? And we've already talked about a lot of people really were affected their faith was affected by the fact that their community was going for trump like mm-hmm. it really fucked a lot of people doesn't mean up. That they become atheists but it it's like not. i either can't be part of an organized religion right. or at least i have to admit being it's christian is yeah that doesn't mean yeah. much of anything well and what i i think you made such an interesting point because i feel like back in the day when i was writing for you which was oh my god we're gonna celebrate our 10-year uh work anniversary soon i think we should do oh your birthday's tomorrow it is i put it in my phone so i finally remember because it would always be like three days as we talk about people dying listen Things are, friendships are important. Friendships are for the living, Hammond, and I'm your only friend, so I'm going to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what was I talking I about before, it. and was it funny or good? I, I remember now. Back in the day when <laughs> I was writing um, for, for you, I would hear a lot of people say, oh, I've just never met an atheist. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize people yes. could be atheists. I did not realize atheism was an option. And I think that has 
with, with the, I mean, obviously there are parts of the country that are not as logged in as we are for better or for worse, for better, but fewer and fewer people can say, I did not know people were atheists. I did not know. Or even I've only ever met like evil atheists. Most people have met an atheist and just whether or not they knew it. But, but I, that's new thing too. It's all, and it's all connected to the internet. Right. And just people being, I think we also live in a place that people, or maybe this is just me, uh, people discuss their beliefs a little bit more than they you used to. You almost have to. You can't hide it. When you it's come a lot across harder to hide it. LGBTQ issues, when you come across politics, like how does yeah. religion not play a role in so much of this stuff? Yeah. You can't have discussions about like anything, mm-hmm. with that, at least in terms of politics, mm-hmm. even sports to some extent, pop culture to some extent, oh, totally. without religion coming into the picture. And again, if you're discussing it, and the more people you discuss it with, they're going to have different opinions. And yeah. They're gonna... Yeah. No, it, it's very... It's hard to live in a bubble. Well, also, I think we're also done with the idea as politics is theater. No, that's not true. We're always going to live in politics as theater. But what I'm trying to say is like in the 60s, there was always this bragging of, listen, Democrats and Republicans, they didn't agree on anything, but they could still go out to lunch together and have a good time. And now it's like... That's not cute anymore because the difference between what Republicans want and what Democrats want in general, mm-hmm. not all, uh, not everybody looking at you, Joe Manchin, but like, <laughs> you know, AOC is not going to go get dinner with Lindsey Graham because they're both in, you know, they're both representatives. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not how anything's going to work because the things that they believe in, it's it's no longer... Oh, I get so pissed off when someone's like, you should be friends with people who have different beliefs from you. I am. Yeah, different beliefs are one thing. People who think I either shouldn't exist Like, most of my friends believe in astrology or some other bullshit, (laughs) and I roll my eyes so hard at them, but I obviously go along with it because I love them. Like, but truly... But the ones trying to, like, infiltrate the government and... (laughs) But we now understand that, like, what Republicans are voting for is like, well, we hope brown people die, <laughs> and Democrats are like, we can't believe they put that one in the platform. I know you, you, you'd be shocked, and yet here we are. <laughs> um, and and Democrats are like, well, we're ineffective, but we want people to live. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to have dinner with Lindsey Graham. Don't make me have it. Don't yeah. make me have dinner with Lindsey Graham I or Matt never. Walsh. That f- didn't he do something stupid this week, Matt Walsh? I'm sure he not did. the cool comedian Matt Walsh yeah, who the bad, went to the same high school as me, dude. looking at you. I think he did something. I'm, I'm sure gonna see if he I can... did. Do we have any other stories? Um, can yeah. I pull it up? Here's a brief one. Uh, but the Supreme Court took up a case uh, that they will hear later this year. But um, it's scary because they said, yeah, we'll listen to this case. And it's like, wow, they must be deciding something that really affects a lot of people and really uh, has been debated at the appellate level. No, no, no. This case involves a Christian website designer who says, I want to offer my services to make people like wedding websites. I just don't want to deal with gay people who well, want to get married. Yeah. And it's like, well, do you have a website? Nope, haven't made it yet. Oh, have gay people come to you and said, we want to purchase your services? And you said, no, nope. 
There's no case. But they're Col- all lurking. As soon as I turn that door from, cl- you know, that sign yeah. from close to open, the gays are flooding in. I, the company's name is 303 Creative LLC, and it's a woman named uh, Lori. Is that their area code? I don't know. Lori Smith is her name. But Colorado's uh, attorney general was like, there's nothing for the Supreme Court to decide. The record contains no evidence that anyone has asked the company to create a website for a same-sex wedding, that Colorado has threatened enforcement of an anti-discrimination it's law. It's a Denver area code. Okay. Or that any future wedding website would convey a message that would be attributed to the company. Like, what are we fighting over? Right. She's just saying, theoretically, I want to discriminate against I'm gays. I'm going to head them off at the pass. And I'm going to ask the Supreme Court to give me a license to do that. And the Jesus. court was like, this sounds like something we now want to take up. And that's what's scary, because they could have easily said, nothing happened. Go create your website. Mm -hmm. Say we don't do gay weddings. Mm -hmm. Let Colorado say you can't do that, and we're going to put a stop to it. And then go through the legal system to come to us. How did she get to them? Um, Basically... Money? I think it's one of those, like, she wants to do it, but she can't start her business because the Colorado law won't allow her to discriminate. So... In theory, she's like, I'm injured. So she's preemptively suing Colorado for not allowing her to not serve gay people in advance. Something like that, yeah. And the right-wing conservative legal groups are like, yes, this sounds like the perfect case for us to take on because guess who's on the Supreme Court? Our people. This is like that meme where there's like a toddler with his face in the mud and a boot over his face. And it's like how conservatives see the world. And then it zooms out and his hand is in the boot, (laughs) smushing his face into the mud. (laughs) Nice. Um, I figured out the thing about Matt Walsh. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to go into it because I don't know a ton of details, but apparently um, his like production company or whatever is doing or is going to try to do a like anti-trans faux documentary using big scare quotes and they reached out to a lot of trans activists without that wasn't him was it it was yeah i thought that was a different group no 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 it was fully him um yeah i think they tell me if i'm wrong here they sent out letters to ehrlich says she was recruited by a woman named michaela lynn who says she works for walsh oh okay Oh my God! Debbie Jackson says Lynn also tried to get her four, Debbie's fourteen-year-old trans child to appear in the documentary, and then they found out who that it's a right-wing group making mm-hmm. this doc, and it's not actually mm-hmm. interested in their story. So Matt Walsh again proving why he's the worst Matt Walsh For of some the two reason, Matt Walshes, not I, just because he didn't go to Hinsdale South High School. <laughs> I could have sworn that uh, it was a different right-wing group connected to it, but it was the same principle. But either way. Yeah, it's they're being sneaky because they just want to trash trans people. Because they that's that's it. You pick up group that has very little uh, support, and you say we're gonna like stomp you out. It, they did it with gay people; it failed. Now they're going after trans people. Hopefully, it'll fail, but who knows? I I posted a thing today from Crack, so take it for what it's worth. But it was like a bunch of inventions that got a ton of pushback in their day. Okay, and. It's all the same bullshit. Like the thing that shocks me, I think the most is that people are using arguments today that people use literally 200, 300, 400, a thousand years ago. Like fucking Plato was complaining about kids these days. 
and they all think they're the first people to do it. And then you go do like the tiniest bit of research and people are like, oh, bikes, bikes are going to turn our women into full on men. We need to stop it now. Or like umbrellas are going to be the, we have done this once a decade for all of human history. And so like for Give me if I don't take any of these assholes seriously. We're like, oh, trans kids are ruining our life. Like, what are you even talking about? You've A, never met a trans <laughs> kid that you know of because you do not move out of your personal friends and family. And B, like, who cares, sir? Who cares what gender a kindergartner is? I cannot think of anything that's less of a concern of a congressman than what gender a kindergartner is. It's all Ted Cruz thinks about. Um, I fucking hate Ted Cruz And they all want so like much. cameras in the classroom. And so Texas they, is broken. They can't stop God, thinking we, about kids' genitals and also they want video cameras in the classroom. We not haven't talked about the Greg Abbott thing. Yeah, that yeah. He, I, listen. Who wants state, to make anyone who helps trans kids like liable for like child abuse? And the all that state shit. of Texas is so far beyond fucked up that I do not even know what to say about it. And Greg Abbott, as people are losing power and like a year after everybody lost power for a week and their houses were destroyed because all of their pipes burst, a year later, they're doing it again. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not too worried about whether you have a roof over your head. What I'm worried is, does this girl have a penis or not have a penis? What else could Mm -hmm. be more important? Like, Keep in mind, when you're criticizing Abbott, just remember this, because I've seen a lot of this shit online and it makes me mad every time. Yes, blame Abbott for this. Blame Texas lawmakers, the Republicans, for this. Stop attacking everyone who lives in Texas. It's not their fault. fault. A lot of them are trying to fight to change it, and they do not have the ability to move out from red states. Like, remember that. Not everyone can just be like... it's hard to remember because (laughs) it's very easy for me to be like, actually, let's just cut off the country like South of Maryland and just call it a day. And we'll just see how that goes. But there's good people who live everywhere, even in Florida. (laughs) I don't have a thing against Florida. I just like to make fun of it. It's just an easy, easy punching bag. I think we want to go to the Florida Keys next. Have you have you ever been? Uh, I cannot. You ever been to a beach? No. Like you're a brown person, you do good in the sun, but I feel like you don't see it much. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I heard that. I read that Indian Indians drink hot tea in the summer because it that's makes true. them sweat more, and that's, that's how they why. stay cool. Wait, why do they do it? Because it's tea and it tastes good. But it's hot. Yeah, no one cares. So it's just people do whatever the fuck they want to do, and it doesn't have a technical reason? Yeah, tea has nothing to do with the weather. So what you're saying is human nature is weird and random, and I shouldn't try to... Stop crossing out in times! <laughs> I'm ready to move on <laughs> to the next story. When Heaven's ready to move on, he starts writing the time so he can mark it. And then when I keep talking, I have to watch him <laughs> angrily scribble it out and write... And then he starts writing a new one when I'm I draw like, the pictures of you <laughs> on the other but pages. But you start writing the time when I'm obviously in the middle of a yell session. So, like, that's on you and not on me. 33-second mark. Go, I'm moving go. on. Okay, Fine. last story, then I'm done. Yeah. Um, there's a Nebraska state senator, I believe it's Mike Groney, G-R-O-E-N-E. Um, he's one of those, like, conservative, Republican. Uh, Nebraska is nonpartisan legislature, technically, mm. but he's a Republican. Sure. Um, but one of the <laughs> Just things... Just because the legislator is nonpartisan does not mean the legislators are <laughs> right. nonpartisan. Right. Um... Uh, the reason his name is familiar to me is there was um, a while back he was talking. There was a 
there was some argument about like why they should put in God we trust in every public school in the state. Mm -hmm. And he's on the side of, yes, let's put it up there. And there was an atheist veteran who was Mm -hmm. speaking out against that bill because why do kids need to see that every day? Um, And he basically said, you know, which God do you want kids to pray to? And which God do you want everyone to believe in? And he also asked the lawmakers. It's a real atheist talking point. <laughs> well, and he asked the lawmakers, and again, this is an atheist veteran. Uh-huh. He's like, "Do you think I'm a good citizen? Because I don't pray to God here." And tell like, me he's a disabled veteran. Oh, yeah. I want him to have one <laughs> no, leg and be like, "Fucking tell me I'm a bad citizen." <laughs> but basically, his message is: this is a pro-Christian bill, no matter how much everyone tries to claim otherwise, mm-hmm. and it's wrong. You don't need God to be good, and here he is trying to get lawmakers to admit that. And when it was Grony's turn to speak, he argued that, you know, bad people who do think bad things in the name of God, well, they're the exceptions to the rule. That's mm. debatable. It's not true. Excuse me. Uh-huh. And then he said atheists should support this bill to put in God we trust in the schools because, if nothing else, God helps keep people in line. And he said this. This is groany. I don't understand atheists. Why, would, why they wouldn't embrace religion. It's been called the great pacifier of man to keep them in line, the fear of God. You keep people in line because they fear the afterlife. They don't want to harm you because one of the tenets is if they harm you, they could end up in hell. These are people who beat the, beat the shit out of their children because that the only way they understand things is active punishment. Yeah. This They're is, telling on themselves. I like, was ready to like make so much fun of you for being like, Hemet, we've done this a million yeah. times. Which God is it? Blah, blah, blah. The dude said, what, religion is the great pacifier? Who said that? Grony. I forgot the historical figure who said that. Because it was somebody not doing religion of kindness. I want to be clear (laughs) about that. But yeah, basically he's arguing you should promote religion because it keeps people in line, which is really that if a Christian says that, you're telling on yourself. Like, there's a saying, I forgot who did this originally, but it's like, if if God didn't exist, people would like rape and pillage anyone oh, those are the they want I really need to and stay in religion there are plenty of atheists who have responded uh, something like i do rape all the people i want because that number is zero now let's get back to you what would you do if you had doubts about god right um but anyway i bring that up to say okay I googled religion as a pacifier yes. and zazzle was like do you want religious pacifiers Thanks, Dazzle. And we'll I, have, on the I have a nephew coming in a couple months, and <laughs> I think Oh Boy needs a crucifix pacifier. You don't even know why I'm telling you this story. Though. Oh, I thought we already did the oh, thing no. because he, oh, oh, no. Okay. That all happened years ago. Oh, I th- okay. That's the prelude oh. to what actually happened. This guy, Grony, Mike Grony, the yeah. state senator, he resigned this week. Uh-oh. Why did he resign this week? Who do fuck or who fucked mm-hmm. him? Apparently, uh, he told, this is my understanding of the story. Mm-hmm. Not long ago, he he told a female legislative aide, hey, can you like go through my computer and get rid of all the unwanted emails and clean it up or some shit? Because sure. I can't do that myself. That's and she's going through his stuff. She finds pictures of herself <gasps> that she did not consent to that he must have taken. But it's not just pictures of her. It's like zoomed up pictures of parts of her body that he then sent to other people with <gasps> sexual captions like, they're not nude what? images, but it's like close, I'm making this up, like a close-up of her boobs, and then like a sexual caption underneath to other did. people. He sent that out to people, and she found these, and she went public with it. And he didn't even, del- do you think he wanted 
Like, was it like, is it like a, so, a psychopath thing if he wanted her he to wanted find her to fi- it? No, I think he's too stupid with up? technology and she's not. Uh, and she found it. It's them. like, have you ever seen the interview with Chris Delia when he discovers that? Do you know who that he's is? He's a comedian. He's a comedian who's a pedophile. Yeah. And he was doing a podcast, but it was videotaped. Uh-huh. And he was saying something about like, well, yeah, but like once you delete those things, they're gone. And somebody was like, no, man, they can find fucking anything. And you just <laughs> see his face go white of like, oh, there goes my career. Uh-huh. And he played a pedophile in the show You. It's insanity. Go ahead. Keep talking about your thing. Couple things. Yeah. First is when they confronted him about it, he said, here's here's his, I guess, apology. Uh, this is Grony. In today's world, oh, if you want to... That's wanna, not a start of an apology, <laughs> If you want to take a picture of someone, <laughs> you should say, I'm taking a picture, but I didn't, and I apologized for it. Dot, dot, dot. She's kind of a straight-laced person, and I guess I did something I shouldn't have. I guess. Um, Sir, you wouldn't have to write an apology if you didn't. (laughs) And then he says, if I'm going to be drugged through. He said drug. I think Doug. If you're if I'm going to be dug through. Dragged. If I'm like, it's a country thing. People say drug mm, instead of dragged. That might be what happened. If I'm going to be drugged through the mud on the floor of the legislature, I'll resign. And then he resigned. And then he told the news, like, I'm not going to take my family through this. I'm not going to let the Democrats attack me and embarrass my family and my wife. It's impressive being both the perpetrator of a crime and the victim. It's really wild <laughs> that a person can be both. And yet here we are. And also, like, dude, if you are if you don't think you did anything wrong, then show people these pictures that you think are... He said, they're full body shots, you guys. They're not that weird. Something that like that. That is weird. That is weird. Like, I, why don't you just share the pictures and the things you're sending to people? Because, I mean, that would exonerate you, right? If you're not worried about it. That's... Mm. I found out somebody was taking my picture at work and sending it to someone without telling you without telling me Mm -hmm. I would lose their mind that being said in 2011 when I worked at the Tribune there was a thing called like hot guys on the L or something like that Uh and two of my coworkers ended up on there and I made fun of them (laughs) of just like just tried to stoke their ego and like oh I hear you're a pretty hot guy (laughs) on the subway it was a delight one of those guys is still a very good friend of mine and a father of two (laughs) Here's the kicker for the whole story, all right? We're not in the kicker? Nope, nope. Here's my favorite part about it. Because, again, conservative Christian, this guy. Uh, My favorite thing is one of his Senate colleagues, State Senator Megan Hunt, who is an atheist, Uh has now asked the state's attorney general and superintendent of law enforcement and the state capital security... Uh, Nebraska, okay. to investigate all of this, even though he's resigned. Good. Uh, because she what did said he do the, re- time? the reporting that she's seen suggests all of this occurred in the workplace on a state-owned computer, and who knows if he sent this stuff to other lawmakers. And so basically she wants to know, okay, who I saw this. Yeah, like I get that it's unethical and he's resigning, but like, was anything criminal going on here? Let's find out. I mean, taking Because she even said in her letter, like, it is a felony for any person to photograph or record an image of the intimate area of another person without their knowledge or consent. Sure. Um, It is a crime to share or distribute non-consensual images. Sure. Uh, If the pictures were taken on a state-issued laptop or some state computer, Uh that's official misconduct or misuse of state property. And if he ever told people not to tell anyone about this through his emails, that could be witness tampering. (gasps) Oh, my God. The whole point is... There could be all these things. And like, just because he's resigning does not mean we need to forget about him. 
So wow. already this week, they've already appointed his you know conservative replacement. But Megan Hunt is saying, no, 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 you need to keep investigating this, the mm-hmm. people in charge. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. But also, Who's in charge of leave it him? to the atheist lawmaker okay. to handle the moral side of uh, all of you this. You mean women are getting shit done again? Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's honestly one of my favorites. Yeah. Because of all, you know, they're, you can be very cynical about politics. You all know I'm cynical about everything in general. Yeah. She, there's a handful of lawmakers. She's one of them who just every time she does something, it's like, you give me hope that good people can do this job and get elected, Mm -hmm. even in like relatively red states. Granted, I think she's from Omaha. But like, there are red states where you might be in the minority, but you could still use your power to get some shit done. Um, (laughs) Athena Salman in Arizona is another one, like Mm. proudly one of the most liberal members um, and get shit done, even though she's not in the majority. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I'm done. Um, I have an idea, yes. and I don't know if you're going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Mikey, are you filling up your wine with bad wine? I'm going to finish this one first. Um, so, Hemant, um, I know it's your birthday tomorrow, um, but Mikey and I opened a really nice bottle of wine tonight, and we're going to save some for you. And I was like, don't bother. And so Mikey's finishing it now, and then going <laughs> to refill his glass with the box wine we keep in our home also. Nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I had an idea that I'm going to read off, maybe I did this before, I'm going to read off my subjects for the bonus episode oh. as oh. a way to maybe entice people or make them understand why they shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> okay. So What are um, we talking about for 15 <laughs> minutes? So our, our bonus episode is just bullshit that we talk about that's not atheism related, <laughs> and the way it works, I'm the one who does the research here, and it's basically just me talking about some shit I saw. Uh, and then Hemant gets to Chime pick the subjects the- <laughs> based on, on my headlines that yes, I write. So yes. my headlines are as follows. Um, Abbott elementary school, elementary, an amazing show. Okay. Um, my city adventure that I spent last weekend in the city also stayed at a terrible Airbnb. I would love to tell you all about that Airbnb. Okay. The New York Times games beyond the uh, crosswords. Okay. I'm in on this. I'm Go really on. interested in that. Um, I talked to you this about this earlier. I might start teaching horseback riding lessons again. Um, the show Love is Blind. Rich people's lungs and my plan to fuck them up. Mm-hmm. A horse is involved in that. Mm-hmm. The documentary Puppet Master. Okay. I can't keep this And that's list. the end. No, add, you're not supposed to write it. I'm going to reread it at the beginning of the other thing, but this is just... Add hey, yellow jackets to the list. Fuck yes! That show. Okay. Okay. If people haven't listened to the bonus episode, I've been bullying Hammett into watching Yellow Jackets because it's so I'm fucking done. good. Yes! We'll okay, we okay. have to go. We have to go. Um, you can find All me right. on Twitter at Jess Bloomke. Um, uh, uh, Etsy, Bitches Get Stitched Done. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Come join us on Patreon if you want to hear us talk about Yellow Jackets. Patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. I'm at uh, Hammett Meta on Twitter. Just Google it. Uh, yeah. I'm also at onlysky.media. Check it out. There's so much content. Content on there. It's free. Go read it. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll talk we have to, to talk you about in a minute. We have to go. Bye. <laughs>